You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, we have back with us for the umpteenth time. I, I'm not even sure how many times I've had you on the podcast, Doug, but uh, he's Doug Gray. He's the guy who runs RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com. He knows all things that to, is to know about the Reds farm system and most things about life as well. That's why we have him on. Doug, how you doing, man? I mean, I, I feel a little bit of pressure now, <laughs> knowing that I'm supposed to know most things about life. But uh, yeah, I like I like saying it's the umpteenth time. I know that's not a real number, but I like it. So let's just let's just go with it's my umpteenth appearance. The umpteenth appearance of Doug Gray. Yeah, I you know we we have questions and you have answers, so I'm looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> when. When we look at this offseason, I don't want to go too crazy in detail about what the Reds didn't do because we've been talking about what the Reds haven't done for like the last three months. So we all know they had the stated goal of getting a shortstop. They didn't get one. And now we're looking at what the Reds did bring in. And I'm not specifically singling out D. Gordon. I'm even looking at the bullpen and things like that. When we talk about these guys, is there anyone who stands out in a crowd to you that you're like, well, my eyebrows are at least raised a little bit. No, <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's be honest. You know, the, the, the goal was to get a shortstop for this upcoming season because they didn't feel Jose Garcia was ready. Right. And I, I think that we all probably feel that way. I think we all hope that he could be our starting shortstop on April 1st, because that means that what he showed in spring training changed their minds. Right. Um, and I mean, he's really the guy that I think that everybody looks at as the only one who realistically has a future as a starting shortstop in Major League Baseball based on merit, not just based on, well, we have to have somebody standing out there, which is kind of how I feel about everybody else that they've got you know, in the, the competition. I mean, Kyle Farmer has, I don't know, less than 20 more starts as a Major League shortstop than I do, and he's 30. Uh, D. Strange Gordon, I, I don't even, you know, I've seen a lot of people on social media talk up about, you know, I can't believe the Reds are giving him a real, you know, shot at the, I don't think the Reds are giving him a real shot at the position. No. I, I think that, you know, David Bell said something the other day about they're going to give him some looks. But if you really listen to the whole thing, it just, it, it sounds like, yeah, we're going to let him play there just to kind of get an idea of what he can do. But, you know, he's he's fighting for a utility spot, not for the shortstop position. Um, and as a utility guy, maybe he'll need to play shortstop once every other week. Um, you know, just to give somebody a rest, whoever does get that job, depending on how the bench, you know, shapes out. Maybe they're not going to have, you know, Kyle Holder, Kyle Farmer, and D. Gordon all on the same team. So maybe D's going to have to play shortstop, you know, once every two weeks just to give whoever, you know, a little bit of rest here or there. Um, but, you know, nobody really excites me. Nobody really makes me think, yeah, th- this is a guy that I feel comfortable with. You know, everybody that's out there, you know, they've, they've all got their question marks. Um, you know, Alex Blandino is the guy that's, I, I, I'm more confident in his bat than anybody else, but 
I really don't think he's a shortstop. I mean, he's a guy that can play there sometimes, but he's not a guy I'd be comfortable running out there every day. And then, you know, Kyle Farmer's never started in his life as a professional at the highest level. Kyle Holder has never even been in the major leagues. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not a, it's not a great situation, Jeff. I feel like David Bell kind of gave like the politically correct politically correct answers whenever asked about specific guys, this or that, or who you think and and all this other stuff. Do you see? So two twofold question with this: Do you see the Reds? actually trying someone else out on the roster, like moving Gino, moving Senzel. And then the other part of that question is, do you think it would work out that way? No, I don't think they're going to make that move. And, and I, I, just to add on to your, your David Bell thing, of course he's going to say the right things. No manager in Major League Baseball is going to throw any of their players under the bus and say, hey, no, this guy can't <laughs> do that. Right. That, that, that. That's not how they do things, especially heading into spring training. You know, it, It's one thing to throw a guy under the bus when they clearly make a mistake on the field that they shouldn't have made. You know, you know Things like that, You know, you're going to get the manager sometimes being more truthful just to try and say publicly to the player, hey, man, you messed up. We've had this conversation before, this, that. Like, that's going to happen every so often. They're not going to come out there and be like, yeah, this guy, we don't really like this option. It's not how managerial uh, things work. They're not going to do that. You're a terrible manager if you do that, no matter how much the fan base wants you to actually say that. Um, but no, I don't I don't think they're going to try and put Suarez or Senzel at shortstop. I mean, they basically already said Senzel's not playing shortstop. Yeah. Um, you know, Suarez came into camp. He's allegedly, you know, in, in better shape. He's lost some weight still. His his days at shortstop are, are long gone. Uh, I, I think they're just going to, they're going to go with whoever looks best in spring training among the guys that are, you know, they're heading into camp expecting. But Doug, he's in the best shape of his life. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I, I believe that 22-year-old Eugenio Suarez was in better shape than the guy that's out there now, even though he is in better shape today than he was last year or the year before, or so it would seem. That's my favorite spring training storyline. Like, oh, he t- so-and-so is in the best shape of his life. It's like, yeah, all right, what's that mean? But I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it, it's tough for me to really buy that for most guys because, I mean— most of these, I mean, these are elite athletes. I, it, it's just like, you know, I bet 23 year old was a little bit better of an athlete than, you know, 32 year old, no matter what he did this off season. Like that's just how science and your body works. <laughs> I just, yeah. Maybe he got the TB12 method going on. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what, when you look at the guys that they brought in from a bullpen standpoint, they, there's a whole bunch of dudes that, I call them the Louisville Cavalry because they've got options and they're cheap and they're major league minimum and they've got a couple of things here or there, whether it be high spin rates or something like that, that at least give you some sort of impression that they could do something. Is there any one of those guys that you're looking at like, okay, I, I look for this guy to give significant innings in the bullpen and shout out to our guy Brandon Bailey. I hate that he had to have Tommy John surgery because I was really looking forward to seeing him pitch. I mean, if, if there's one guy, and granted, maybe he's not a part of your quote-unquote Louisville squad or whatever you called it. I'm sorry, my brain doesn't work well. <laughs> um, uh, Jose De Leon. Yes. He, he's the guy that I'm looking at the most. Um, he did not pitch well for the Reds last year. <laughs> I, I want to say his his ERA was 18 in his, in his five games. Now, two of those games were absolutely brutal. He gave up 12 earned runs 
in in like 1.2 innings over those two <laughs> games. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you look at the underlying stuff, he's a guy who was throwing 96 to 97 this offseason in Puerto Rico as a starter. So maybe maybe there's a little bit more in there if he winds up in the bullpen, which I think that, you know, he is, you know, fighting for the, the rotation. But uh, I think that he's probably seventh on the depth chart right now, in my mind, um, for the rotation. So if things go as I'd imagine the Reds think that they're going to go, he'll wind up in the bullpen. So maybe there's some extra velocity there when he's only got to throw, you know, 25 pitches a day Let's instead of, you know, 100. Um, but... He added a new slider last year that is so much better than the one he threw before that. He's got a plus changeup, and he added a cutter. Um, nice. You know, if, if you didn't follow along uh, what he did in Puerto Rico, he made six starts. He had a 1.86 ERA in 29 innings. He had 13 hits, and he struck out 53 batters. Um, now, obviously, <sighs> he wasn't facing major leaguers every time out. Right. Uh, but those numbers are just ridiculous. Like, Guys just don't do that. Um, and so I, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, I, I think that if, if you're going to see a guy who maybe has, say, like a TJ Antone-type breakout, he's the guy that you're going to see this year that can do that. He's the hashtag Kyle Bodie breakout for 2021, which leads me to believe that his ERA is going to be – it's not going to be exactly 186, but it's probably going to be closer to 186 than it will be 18, you think? I, I think that's probably a fair assessment, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, he's a guy. If, if it's going to be around 18, he's going to have very few innings. Let's just say that. <laughs> he's a guy that uh, he's only really gotten a cup of coffee to this point, but the interview that he gave the media the other day, he he seems like a dude that's got a calm demeanor about him and something that would translate really well on the mound if you add in the fact that he also has really good stuff. So I, I'm interested to see what he gives the Reds out of the bullpen and who knows? Maybe he does. I, I, I got him as a dark horse. I don't think that he's got a huge shot at making the fifth man of the rotation, but maybe we'll make some starts during this season. And we're going to take a look at the rotation with Doug here in just a minute. I also ask him who he's looking most forward to watching this spring. And we talk about Sal Romano for a little bit. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that you should check out rockauto.com, especially if you've got something that you need to replace on your car because they've got all the parts that your car will ever need. You go to rockauto.com. They've got an easy-to-use interface. That way, it's easy to find the part that you need. You find their drop-down list on the left side, find your make, find your model, and you got all the parts for your car. And when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. Locked On has reliably low prices on all of their parts, and they're going to deliver their parts right to your door. So you place your order, and they show up to your house. You don't have to get out, you don't have to go to the store, and you don't have to deal with markups at that store. Check out rockauto.com because they've got all the parts that your car will ever need. Now that spring training is underway, it's a great time to take a look at what sort of futures, what sort of prop bets that they've got going on over at betonline.ag. And if you don't have a profile set up there today, go over, check it out, set up a profile, and enter the promo code Locked On to get a 50% initial deposit bonus. That's 50% more money you can use towards some MLB futures. You can bet on the Reds over under win total, which I just saw a statistic that was really disheartening that said that the Reds had have hit the under on their win total for the last eight years. Guess what that means? They're due. 
this year to go over. So I'm taking the over on the Reds win total. I think it's up to 83 and a half. I still think they could do it. Whatever. It's they're due. Let's do it. Eugenio Suarez is actually 11th according to odds. He has the 11th best odds in Major League Baseball to lead Major League Baseball in home runs at plus 1600. I think I might take a little bit of action on that as well. Check out betonline.ag. Set up your profile and enter the promo code locked on to get a 50% initial deposit bonus on the official sports wagering site of the Locked On Podcast Network. And before we take a look at that fifth spot in the rotation with Doug Gray, I urge you after this podcast, go check out the brand new Locked On Podcast, Locked On Today. It's going to give you exactly what you need to know each and every day in the entire world of sports. You can't beat that. It's nice to know that there's a one-stop shop for that. Locked On Today has it for you. Host Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers takes a look all over the sporting world and gives you the biggest news of the day. Check him out wherever you get your podcasts. Who is your favorite? Like, I know there's uh, pretty much two camps right now and you're either in the Lorenzen camp or the Antone camp. Is there anybody else that has a good enough shot that can at least begin the season in the fifth spot in the rotation? Well, let's, let's be honest, Jeff. I, I think there, there's two spots open in the rotation. Okay. Um, okay. You know, uh, Nick Kroll, general manager of the Reds, you know, a couple weeks ago, right before spring training started, he had a, a little zoom session with the local media and he mentioned that there were three guys that were in the rotation. Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, of course, mm-hmm. and Tyler Malley. He then mentioned five or six other guys that are vying for the rest of the rotation. It, it, it sounded to me like Wade Miley didn't have a spot locked up. Um, he, he was mentioned along with Michael Lorenzen, Jeff Hoffman, Jose De Leon, TJ Antone, as, as guys that were fighting for those spots left in the rotation. Um, and, you know, Wade Miley has been very good in the past. His 2019 season was, was quite good. He was pretty good in 2018. 2020 was rough. It was not good, but it was also, he had a handful of innings and he was injured. He had two different injuries he was dealing with, but it, you know, he, he spoke with the media yesterday, uh, Miley that is. And, you know, he had mentioned that, you know, things were a little bit different. He, he worked on his, uh, you know, some of the rehab things, personal, um, training, trying to figure out why his groin keeps acting up. It's been something that's kind of, you know, gotten to him over the last couple of years. It was one of the things he dealt with last year. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that that's a, that's a real thing that we need to really consider is that, you know, maybe a, a switch to the bullpen for Wade Miley would help that out. Um, and let's be honest. I mean, the Reds have uh, quite a few good options for that number four and number five spot beyond Wade Miley. You know, we just talked about Jose DeLeon's stuff. Michael Lorenzen's got some really good stuff. TJ Antone's got some really good stuff. Um, I mean, I, I think that those four guys are really fighting for those two spots. And with all due respect to Jeff Hoffman, I mean, I, I really don't think that he should be in that conversation based on what we've seen from the other four guys. Right. Um, and, and maybe he can surprise us. Jeff Hoffman has very good stuff. But when you look at the results of his career, they don't really stack up with anybody's except for Jose De Leon's, um, who, you know, as you mentioned, he's barely had a cup of coffee a few different times over the course of his career. And he, he's a different pitcher today than he was in the past because, you know, he had Tommy John surgery and missed most of t- uh, 2019 or, uh, no, I'm sorry, missed most of 2018. And then when he came back, the stuff wasn't quite all the way there yet. And he didn't really get that, you know, all the way back until at, at some point in 2020. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, I am not concerned about the Reds' rotation or their bullpen, really. I think they've got plenty of good quality options and arms. Um, you know, I, I do think it's probably going to be a step back a little bit because they they lost Trevor Bauer and Rysel Iglesias, and um, you know both of those guys were good to outstanding. Um, but the, the the amount of depth they've got, I'm not concerned about it. I think you know it just comes down to who's going to be pitching those last two spots in the rotation, and who does that push into the bullpen. That I totally agree with you on Hoffman. Like you, you kind of look at his career, and he's gotten a decent amount of innings and you wonder why the Rockies gave him so many innings, but then you saw them trade Nolan Arenado this off season and you wonder at a lot of things about the Rockies. But I think that he's a guy, like you mentioned, the underlying stuff with the spin rate and all that good stuff. Maybe Derek Johnson gets a hold of him and writes the ship with him. But I, I definitely think it's interesting to think about Wade Miley because I think in my mind, I've almost kind of penciled him in, but you're, it's fair to not assume that because of his performance last year and his health. I think that probably the 2007 Reds would pencil him in because they just penciled in veteran pitchers because they thought that they were going to be good like they were early on in their career. But with him only having one year left on his deal, it's at least plausible that he doesn't make the rotation out of camp. And I, that might be a good thing. For the Reds, because maybe that means that they've actually got too many guys that they can put into the rotation rather than not enough. Well, I think that's the key point, you know, referencing back to your 2007 thing, too, is, you know, that happened in 2007 because what were the other options? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, it was, you know, it was just a, a bunch of guys that, you know, on most other teams were, you know, minor league depth where that's not the case anymore. It's It's crazy, Jeff, because, I mean, for how long have we sat around and the, just thought, you know, gosh, I wish the Reds could have just some sort of pitching, any sort of pitching. And now over the last couple of years, it's like, oh man, they've got a lot of you know, pretty good pitching. Like the, the options are there. And so I, you know, I, I think that it, it's, it, it's really interesting to kind of look back at that. And you, you do see things where it's like, yeah, you know, a decade ago, well, maybe not a decade ago, because that was when they were pretty loaded in 2010, but 2011, but you know, right before that, you know, it, just being a guy who'd been around the league meant, hey, yeah, you're penciled in. It's your job. And then, you know, come July when your ERA's at five and a half, maybe we'll we'll make a change then. Well, we're paying Eric Milton so much money, so he's just he's got to be in the rotation, right? Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad we're not there anymore. That was that was rough. <laughs> so all right, so the off season is what it is. It's been a lot of lottery tickets, a lot of yeah, probably not super exciting guys coming to town. So we now know, as uh, as as David Bell and a couple of guys have said, we know who's on this roster. We know who we have. So with who we have coming into spring training, who are you most looking forward to seeing of the guys that we know that we have? Yeah. You know, I... There's there's very few position spots, even bench spots that I think are up for grabs. I think the the most interesting thing that I want to watch this or this uh, spring training is how Aristides Aquino performs. Yeah. Um, you know he, he had that huge month, and then he kind of struggled in September. There were some ups and downs within that September, but overall the September wasn't really that good. Um, you know last year he barely played. He got a cup of coffee a few times I think, but and he had a handful of at bats. Um. But I, as far as I know, he's out of options this year, um, and you know he he really does need to have a good spring. Um, you know he he is. 
I personally wouldn't play him in center field, but I think the Reds are willing to play him in center field every so often. Mm -hmm. So technically, from their perspective, he can play all three outfield spots. He's going to bring some power to your bench. Um, you know, it's it's the rest of the offensive stuff that you kind of wonder about. You know, is he going to strike out too much to be a guy that you can reasonably rely on off the bench? Um, you know, does the the, the inability to draw walks, which has kind of plagued him for most of his professional career, something that you worry about. But at the same time, that the, the upside is just it's so high. We all saw it that August. Um, but you know, when you look at the Reds roster, it's kind of like you know, where exactly does he fit in? Um, and if, if he has a good spring, I mean, he still isn't going to be one of your starters. Right. So what what do you do then? If he has a good spring, can you maybe? Think about trading him for something else that you you do need, um, somebody that would maybe benefit your specific bench a little bit better, um, just because you are loaded in the outfield. And even if he you know does fit in there, you know, he's fifth on the depth chart, so he's not going to really provide you with too much unless there are injuries. And obviously, you know, you you do want to have that plan, but even if there are injuries, well, that just means he's now your fourth outfielder. Um, you, you have to get pretty far down before you would start thinking about inserting Aristides Aquino into the lineup on a daily basis. If, you know, maybe you can get somebody who can play, you know, just a, even just be a, a stopgap shortstop um, for Aristides Aquino. You know, maybe maybe that's something that you, you want to look at as, you know, spring training winds down and teams are maybe thinking about, you know, placing somebody on waivers. And you can get to them first because you're willing to offer up Aristides Aquino for this guy who... You know, had had an okay spring somewhere else, but doesn't really fit in on a team that has a for sure starting superstar shortstop. And you know, maybe that guy's making two or three million dollars, and the team's looking to move that contract. You know, so that 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 that's really the the position situation that I'm looking at because it just feels like everything else is pretty much locked in, you know, except for shortstop. But you you know what the options are going to be there, so. Yeah, no, and, and that makes total sense because with Aquino being out of options, that also kind of I have a thought about some other guys that are out of options as well, but looking at him, it's like we there's a group of Reds fans, especially on Twitter, that still believe that he should be getting more at-bats, and I think it's kind of funny because there's only eight spots in the lineup this year, so I don't know who they're planning on taking out, but it seems like there's just so much talent there that could be uncorked but you're just waiting to see a couple of things like, can he lay off that slider that's low and away that he shouldn't be able to even swing at with a broomstick. And yet he still tries to swing at it with a baseball bat. And on the other end of the spectrum, is he going to be able to make contact on balls that aren't just straight meat pitches down the middle? So I, I think that that's something he's definitely got to show this spring. Kind of thinking of guys out of options, another dude on the roster who, it, it, it feels like they gave him a decent opportunity to pitch a couple of years ago, and he still he, he showed inconsistency and didn't really show the kind of stuff that could keep you at the major league level. What do you look for from Sal Romano, or do you think he's going to be pitching somewhere else, or it, what? What do you think of with him? I mean, he's certainly a guy who's kind of on the battling for that last spot on the roster um, among the pitchers. Yeah, you know, he he is out of options. I mean, Sal has some stuff. He just hasn't really been able to put it all together. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that fit that same description. And I, I think that among the pitchers that you know are truly battling for a spot on the roster, uh, because 
so many other players have options. I think that does play into Sal's favor. But I, I do think he's going to have to go out there and, and show that, you know, he's truly deserving of a spot. I don't think they're going to give him a spot just because he doesn't have options and other play, other players do. Um, if, if he goes out and struggles, then he's probably going to find himself, um, you know, designated for assignment, put on waivers and, you know, see what, what happens. But I, I don't think that he's a guy who couldn't go out and have a good spring. I mean, he, he does have uh, enough stuff to get by and, you know, we, we just didn't see too much of him last year. I'm looking at his stats. Now, he pitched in two games, um, two outstanding games, but it was one one inning and one out beyond that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's really nothing that we can, you know, look at and say, oh, well, he did this, that, or the other last year. He pitched in two games that we got to see, and then he was at the alternate site, and we really don't know what happened there. Um, so I, I think that, you know, you can – you don't have to squint too hard to see where he could, he could make the – you know, the, the bullpen and be one of the first guys out of there. And as a forming starting pitcher or former starting pitcher, you say that a bunch of times real fast, see how that goes <laughs> for you. Um, you know, he's also a guy who, who could fit that mold of, you know, being a guy who could give you, you know, two innings every couple of days if you need it, depending on you know, the lineup that you're facing. Maybe, maybe if it's a lineup that struggles against right-handed, a certain type of right-handed pitcher, you know, Sal could fit that mold too. Um, and so, you know, he, he does give you more options than just a guy who is a, a one inning only guy. And I, I think that in today's game, that's that's got some additional value because, as we've seen over the last couple of years, starting pitchers don't go as deep. Even the really good ones don't go as deep as they used to. I mean, Sonny Gray is considered one of the best pitchers in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't average six innings to start. So you, you do need people to fill in that, that role after the starting pitcher before you get into the quote-unquote back end of your bullpen. And I, I, I think it's interesting with him as well. Like he's one of those guys that you kind of, and, and it's no fault to him. It's not like you look at Sal Romano and he's the reason for this, but he's kind of amongst that group of prospects that four or five years ago we were looking at coming up and maybe making an impact and then they just didn't do anything. We're going to take a more in-depth look at the farm system tomorrow with Doug Gray as I continue my conversation with the guru of the RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. If you aren't already, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any episodes I've got coming for you this spring as we lead up to opening day. There's not many days left guys it's only 36 days left until opening day i am excited for baseball and hey we got our first spring training game this sunday at 305 reds and indians coming at you looking for that tv schedule i haven't seen one yet anybody seen the tv schedule hit me up at jeff carr on twitter with three f's or hit up the locked on reds account as well and if you got questions comments reactions to anything that doug and i have been talking about today or tomorrow Hit up the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159, but that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey.